In 2015, I was depressed, unemployed, and very, very bored. So I decided to start a blog to recount my romantic adventures as a Canadian, Pakistani, Muslim, virgin woman. This is one of my stories. I finally decided to surrender my soul to the swipe-infested world of online dating, which also serves as the opening sentence to my various online dating profiles. Filtering through most of the vermin that exists on the World Wide Web, I thought I had struck gold with one of my earlier matches I met through a Muslim dating app called Minder, that is, Tinder for Muslims. I was still a novice at that point, but I was very excited since it was the first time I'd had such an instant connection through meeting someone online. But then, after nearly a week of endless, late-night conversations, the bomb slowly began to drop. Example 1. Are you an optimistic person? He asked me. No, I just said. I'm just regular. Oh no, he replied. I don't know if that makes us compatible. Example 2. Where are you on the political spectrum? He asked me. I'm center-left, I replied. Oh man, he said. I'm center. I don't think we're compatible anymore. Example 3. Are you a hopeless romantic? What? I said. No. Girl, you're breaking my heart. Maybe we're just not compatible. And then, Three Mile Island turned into full-blown Chernobyl. I'm about to ask you something really important, he said. Uh-huh, I replied. I'm a really sexual person. I mean, really sexual. Yep, I said. So my question is, are you dominant or submissive? And would you be willing to dress up in costumes I pick out for you? And if the answer is no, could you potentially be convinced to? I'm... I'm a virgin, I said. Shoot! I guess that means we're not compatible. You'd think that would have stopped him, but he just kept on texting, and texting, and texting. Out of sheer boredom, I eventually agreed to meet him for a coffee. The encounter itself was mediocre, but for the following week after our one hour at Second Cup, I received messages such as, Oh man, I want to make out with you so bad. And, I just want to grab you and kiss your neck by the fire on a rainy day. And my favorite, Can you flirt back already? A couple of days later, I called him and told him I didn't think we were compatible. After bathing profusely for several weeks, I decided to give online dating another shot. A couple of days in, I met a man seven years my senior. As we lived a few hours apart, we spoke for nearly a month before meeting, through texting, 
phone calls, and video calling, and not a single red flag went up during that time. When we finally met in December 2017, it was admittedly a bit awkward, but I decided nonetheless to plan a second date. He stood me up, but then provided me with a very long and genuine apology that he had forgotten because his very recent ex-fiancé was holding his engagement ring hostage, which apparently by court of law is to be returned to the giver of the ring in the event that a marriage does not follow through. I processed that information, swallowed my hesitation, and once again planned another date. This time he showed up, and it was a wonderful date. We drank and laughed together, getting closer and closer as the evening wore on, until I could barely keep my eyes off of him. And then, nothing. One week later, I sent him a simple text. Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. I was wondering if you were still interested in getting to know each other? No answer. I sent a follow-up the next day. I understand. It was really nice meeting you too, and thank you for the tea and the drinks. Still nothing. Two weeks later, I snapped. Maybe you got back together with your ex, or maybe she killed you. I don't care, but at least have the audacity to reply. Ah, finally a response. I think you're overthinking things. You're a nice girl, but I'm just not interested. I understand that he wasn't interested. I spent our first date with a pen and paper, drawing him a step-by-step procedure for how to compost and ripped out the pages for him so he could demonstrate for his immigrant parents who barely speak English because time is running out on our planet. I didn't want to send him that stupid text, but I had to. I spent three weeks in agony waiting for something, anything that would give me some closure. I couldn't digest the fact that one of the kindest, most respectful men I had ever met couldn't give me the minimum ounce of dignity of responding to my message with an, I'm sorry it didn't work out. It was nice meeting you too. I already have to cope with the fact that someone who I was beginning to really like didn't want a third date with me. Now I feel like I'm not even worth a six-second reply to a text unless I send a vehement, salty message about a murderous ex. And so I returned back to my apartment after the Christmas holiday and did what I do best, recluse. Not that I had a choice. I was working seven days a week on my thesis, which was nearly the death of me. As the weeks of near solitude and long, cold winter nights wore on, I moped, I brooded, and I sulked, and I dwelled. My clothes were ripped, my demeanor was sullen. Even my voluminous hair, which constantly made it appear as though I had just had sex, went limp. And for all my talk about how I could get away with being effortlessly pretty, somewhere along the line I stopped believing that I was worth putting effort into. But self-pity gets old. And the more I thought about it, the more I wondered, maybe I just wasn't good at dating. And so, like anyone with an itchy crotch or the desire to blow up a school, I turned to the internet for help. I watched many videos, 
and read many articles on relationships. And after filtering through most of the garbage, I came away with three key points. Number one, just being yourself may not be good enough to get a third date. This goes against a lot of the messages that we, especially women, receive nowadays to, quote, be who you are and say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. Although this type of rhetoric may make us feel good, the reality is that a lot of my quirks are not beautiful or even cute. They are simply distasteful and libido-killing. One of my prominent negative traits is that I overshare. Case point, this blog. And though my old friends have gotten used to or may have devised methods to cope with it, this flaw has led to the premature deterioration of many of my platonic and romantic relationships, because no stranger wants to or deserves to be my soundboard. And while I may have a lot of positive qualities to share, nobody cares how awesome I'm going to be six months from now. A man needs to be attracted to me enough at the early stages in order to get to that six-month mark in the first place. Otherwise, he's just going to unmatch me and find another date. It's not about putting on a facade. It's about recognizing your social inadequacies and working to improve on them. Number two, never lower your standards. I, like so many others, lower my standards for how I wish to be treated when I like someone in an attempt to gain their affection, whether it is in the context of friendships or romantic relationships. This has only ever led to pain and resentment. Never, ever lower your standards. Number three, disinterest is closure. I should have stopped there, but the next thing I knew I was subscribed to email lists of several dating coaches, one in particular who claimed he had some secret scripture a woman could use to make any man fall in love with her, 100% guaranteed or your money back. I listened to a one-hour video to get access to a link to download the scripts, only to find out that they were $297. According to his logic, since the average couple spends nearly $30,000 on their wedding, Spending one hundredth of the price on a tool which would allow me to get to that point in the first place was absolutely worth every penny. I think it's time to close my browser. At this point, I decided to sign myself up for a three-day matchmaking event in Toronto. The event was exclusive to my extremely tiny sect of Islam, which, like most extremely tiny sects, believe they alone have seen the truth and fear nothing more than the idea of their offspring marrying an outsider. Youth from around the world volunteer, or are voluntold, into these events, in which they must interact with over 50 members of the opposite sex, through a number of team-building exercises and cheesy social setups, not unlike what you experience in a high school leadership camp. In practice, though, these events are largely a popularity contest leaving the majority of us feeling jaded and frustrated. As for myself, I was one of the fortunate ones who did happen to meet someone with whom they had a strong connection. In fact, I barely spoke to another man that weekend, for it didn't matter how far apart in a crowd we were, like magnets, we'd always find each other. The caveat, however, 
was that he was from the United Kingdom. Believe me, the last thing I wanted was to meet someone from so far away. But I didn't want that to impede me from getting to know him either. Besides, I was done with school. I had some savings and a lot of free time. All he had to do was ask, and I'd be there. When we returned to our respective homes after the event was over, I tried my best to send him lively messages, to call, and to be responsive while still respecting our time differences and busy schedules. But I got nothing. In the two months that I allowed myself to be strung along, not once did he call me. I couldn't tell if he was lazy or just dumb. But all I received were offhand, effortless messages like, What you up to? And, Check out this sick beat on Spotify. Anyone who knows a damn thing about me knows I wouldn't have Spotify because I purchased low-grade cellular phones off of old men at the mall that don't have enough memory to fathom anything more than my family WhatsApp groups. Then, one day, I received a text from an old lady from my mosque in Ottawa who had received a text from another old lady from a mosque in the UK saying she'd been told to pass on a message from this UK man that... I see her as more of a friend than anything else. What kind of a lazy, gutless turd has to use an old lady grapevine to tell a woman that he's not interested? Moreover, why spend the money on a plane ticket to a marriage-intended matchmaking event to meet a woman on another continent if you're not even prepared to Skype? By the time I managed to write up a response to him that was even moderately tame, two weeks had passed since we'd last spoken, so I just left it and never answered. Eventually, I went back to online dating. By this time, I've met many men, some more memorable than others. But it doesn't matter if we meet in person or not, how much we have in common, or how many hours we spend on the phone. Eventually, either the conversation fizzles out or they fall off the face of the earth and I never hear from them again. I don't even save anyone's number anymore. The moment it's been more than three days since I've heard from them, I delete their number and I forget they ever existed. All the while, my family continues to be on my case about getting married, routinely handing me phone numbers of men to text. Combined, I'll often be speaking to five men at once. And two weeks later, I'll be back at zero without so much as a guilty thought. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Hi everybody, welcome to the Brown History Podcast. My name is Essen and this is episode 10. The story you just heard is called Virgin in a Haystack. The author wanted to be kept anonymous for her own reasons, but that's actually her voice reading the story. The story is actually taken out of a blog and the blog is basically the author writing about her love life. It's funny, it's really well written and it's very insightful. This is just one blog post out of many. So if you want to read her blog and all the other posts and want to know what ends up happening with her, just Google Virgin in a Haystack blog and it should be the first one up on the search results. I'll put up the link in the website brownhistorypodcast.com and you can find it there too. And uh, yeah, I think that covers everything. 
Thank you for listening. Until next time.